Global supply chain and logistics industry leaders gather, connect, and exchange ideas at IHS Market's annual TPM conference organized by the JOC. In our new podcast series, Beyond TPM, we keep those conversations going, taking a deep dive into critical, rapidly evolving topics and the insights uncovered this year at TPM 21. I'm Alessandra Barrett, the JOC's Senior Editor for Special Projects. Today I'm speaking with Montreal Port Authority's Paul Bird, Vice President of the Container Terminal Project in Contrecoeur, slated to open in 2025. Paul has extensive experience in the management of large-scale projects, notably in the mining port and rail sectors. He joined the MPA last June as senior director of the project, but began his career in the City of Montreal's Public Works Department as an analyst and project manager. He has worked in various capacities for the mining industry, including ArcelorMittal Mines Canada, where for close to 10 years he was responsible for the mining, rail, and port sectors, and served as Chief Technology and Strategy Officer, and then Vice President of Human Resources and Innovative Technologies. Paul, thanks for joining me today. And thanks for having me, Alessandra. Let's start with a Contracur 101 the what and where of the project, and how that fits into the port strategy for the future. Well, to be brief, I think Contracar will host Montreal's future growth for the container handling business. Not to replace the four active international terminals on the island of Montreal, which are very efficient. The Contracar terminal is located around 40 kilometers or roughly 25 miles downstream from our operating terminals on the island. So Contrecoeur is a small town of 12,000 residents. It's located in a rural and agricultural area. And uh, already it's, it already has its own industrial park, which makes it ready to receive such an infrastructure. So the MPA initially began purchasing an 1,100-acre land area in and around Contrecoeur area. I think it's more in the late 80s, if I'm correct. So it was aware that it had to secure land for its future expansion. So recently, we obtained our main environmental permit with the decision statement also from the Minister of Environment Canada, authorizing us to proceed with the construction phase. It was a major milestone for us. It was more than five years in the making. And how is the project structured? So, of course, our main project uh, execution mode is a traditional DBFOM, which is a private partner with the responsibility to design, build, finance, operate, and maintain the terminal during the, the, the upcoming decades. The construction starts in the, uh, in the next year. Commissioning will be done in 2025. Construction costs are between $750-$950 million Canadian. And the terminal will eventually reach a full capacity of 1.15 million TUs or container capacity. So this project is a great project. Uh, I think it hits it at a right timing for the Quebec uh, restart economy. There's going to be 5,000 jobs that are going to be uh, realized or put in place during the construction phase, and another uh, direct uh, thousand direct jobs during the operation phase. So the contractor site will provide more room to grow for the, our future as well. It is also has the potential to develop also a burst three, four, five, and six, which another expansion phase could also be triggered in the later years. Let's get into the why now. 
if you would. What were the primary drivers behind choosing this site 25 miles away for the project, for the expansion? Yeah, I think the Port of Montreal has experienced steady uh, record growth during the last decades, especially in the container handling business. Uh, as we're near maximum capacity on the island of Montreal, there's an urgent need to increase our container capacity. And the contra car site is the best location to, to, to enable us to do this. So we're, we are literally running out of space in our current terminals to meet our growing demand. What drew you to this project? Uh, I think what drew me to the project was, I think it's more around the opportunity probably to leave my signature on this landscape with uh, the construction of a permanent major infrastructure such as the contra car terminal. It's contributing to a project uh, that will ensure the economic growth capacity or capability of Eastern Canada with the Port of Montreal Authority that, that has the means and the will to deliver on building this infrastructure in Contrecar. So basically, it's a great project. It's a driver for change that will greatly contribute to re-stimulating this post-pandemic economic recovery here in Canada. And of course, building a port is never, never has the allure or the beauty or no prestige of building buildings. But uh, in, this, in, this, in this construction of an infrastructure of this size, that is the foundation that will stand the test of time on the St. Lawrence Seaway. So again, the attraction is putting a permanent infrastructure signature footprint for the Montreal Port Authority and for all Canadians. Looking at the larger impact of this project, the Canadian Infrastructure Bank committed to support the Contracur expansion project up to 300 million Canadian dollars. Can you talk a bit about the importance of this partnership beyond just coming in and sharing a dollar amount? Yeah, I think the CIB loan is essential to this project. I think we we need to understand that these infrastructures are very high capita, capital ex, uh, extensive or expensive also. So we need some influx uh, and some public uh, support for uh, front infrastructures such as the CIB loan that was essential to our project. So as you probably know, the MPA is an autonomous federal agency created under the Canadian Marine Act, which limits our borrowing capacity. So for this reason and this reason alone, the project financing is the private partner's responsibility. The CIB therefore provides the first brick in the private partner's financial uh, and financing structure. It leverages uh, access to the senior debt for the private partner, which also reduces its exposure to financial risk. So it's a win-win for both parties. For the MPA, this, the CIB allows us to rely on a private partner that will benefit from a sound and solid financial backing throughout the construction years and the first years of operations also, which are critical in terms of expenses and cash flow. So, and let's not forget that uh, also the Quebec government recently got involved and added its support for providing or injecting us with a $55 million subsidy. So having both federal, I think, and provincial governments on board is concrete proof that this expansion project is a strategic asset for our economy, especially in the current context of an economic recovery that we're going through. Now, across North America, container ports are looking to expand capacity, notably many by building new terminals. Contra Kerr is a greenfield, and so it's quite rare in that regard. Let's get into the specifics of this project compared to other initiatives underway at North American ports to expand capacity. 
Well, I think Alessandro, the current context is interesting. Uh, while added capacity is strongly needed, there aren't many greenfield projects because providing capacity for bigger ships is the obvious strategy for the other container ports of the Eastern Seaboard. They could modernize existing terminals, dredge deeper, put put it in place, put in place higher cranes, et cetera. But the Port of Montreal can avoid all of this trend. Uh, what we need is an additional is additional docks and additional handling and yard capacity. So we go greenfield and keep providing infrastructures that are tailored to the shipping lines needs for the St. Lawrence route. We have the opportunity to build a modern state-of-the-art terminal using many innovative technologies. But in terms of geography, I think the Contracar site is ideal because it's located near the channel, near the CN's class one rail railway and a four lane highway. This port doesn't need much backfilling, which with dredging, it's, uh, it's amongst the most least expensive, most expensive components of a port project. So we're, we're very favored by the, this current location and geography where it is right now. So in essence, the, this expansion terminal is only a few miles away from other terminals and it will continue to benefit from easy access and, can, and a convenient footprint. In terms of capacity, as you've mentioned, Montreal cannot be served by vessels larger than about 6,500 TEU because of draft limitations. How does the question of deeper draft factor into plans for Contracar? It's a good question, but for us, drafts uh, is in no way an issue in Montreal, and the new terminal in Contracar offers the same draft. So the Port of Montreal offers a unique model, which has been proven to be very successful. It's located a thousand miles from the Atlantic coast. The Port of Montreal benefits in being a destination port. That means that the carriers or the shipping lines benefit from this strategy, which is unlike any other Eastern seaboard ports, actually unlike any other ports in North America and likely even in the world. Vessels calling our port are fully unloaded and fully loaded because before heading back to, the, to Europe. So it is a cost-efficient one-stop strategy for fleet of about 5,000 TU ships and up to 6,500 TU ships also. So Contracar will continue to offer this advantage for all carriers. Many are surprised to learn that the Port of Montreal hand, handles an average of 4,200 TEUs per single vessel's rotation inbound and, and outbound. So it goes in full, goes out full. Well above the ports along the Canadian and, and Eastern seaboard. Despite uh, having deeper drafts, other ports handle on average less containers per call. So at the Port of Montreal, we have the right ship size for the right market. On dock rail, like the Montreal Island terminals, Contracar will allow the fast loading of containers on, on the class one railway, allowing us to send the containers into North America rail network in less than 48 hours. It, it is what we call the Montreal model by which we use dockside rail access to load containers on 10,000 foot long trains in your air and send them straight onto the rail network. That counts a lot in terms of capacity too, and, it, and in terms of economies of scales for our clients. Before we close, I have just one more question, and it's about the Longshoremen strike in early May, which lasted several days. The Canadian government had to intervene and passed legislation that forced them back to work. 
What led to that resolution and what's the current status of the situation with labor? Well, firstly, uh, since the beginning of the global pandemic, port authorities were immediately recognized as essentials to the health and well-being of the population, thus making their strategic role very clear. During the strike, as a public service, we were unable to fulfill our mandate to generate wealth. Therefore, the federal government had to intervene or, do, or came through with an intervention was for the well-being of its citizens in a fragile economy. So prior to 2020, I think the Port Authority can count less than 30 days of work stoppage in the last 25 years. So it goes without saying that the carriers, shippers and importers had to put their contingency plans into action once the strike was, was in effect. However, following the strike, we expect the volumes to be once more directed towards the Port of Montreal in the coming weeks and in the upcoming months also. Once the ripple effects uh, of the strikes are resolved, our volumes will soon reach an anticipated pre-strike levels. So in short, volumes dip momentarily, of course. However, shortly, our port will regain its reputation for its efficiency, fluidity, and reliability. So the silver lining in this uh, in all is the labor disruption raised public awareness about the crucial importance of our port operations in the supply chain. I think the Port of Montreal showed resilience throughout all of its uh, all of this, and we're able to quickly deal with the, the pent-up wave of inbound and outbound containers. Great to hear. Well, thanks for taking the time to sit down with me virtually, Paul, um, and have a bit of a catch-up on everything. Well, thank you very much for having me, Alessandro. I hope to see you soon again. Beyond TPM is a production of the JOC part of the Maritime and Trade Division of IHS Market. For more news, analysis, and business intelligence for all things shipping and logistics, visit joc.com and follow us on social media.